This video is sponsored by Wing Wing Technology, your ultimate fly sim hardware solution. Hello everyone, I hope you're all doing wonderfully well. Now, as you know, I'm interviewing various module developers about new modules that are coming into DCS. Now, so far, it's all been, if you like, the official, you know, sanctioned modules that I've been looking at. And I haven't really been too interested in the unofficial, unaffiliated ones. But there was one that was coming up, I think that was extra important, and I thought I'd best include it. It's going to be the T45C Goshawk. Let me quickly introduce my guys today. We've got Particle Man and we've got Max. Hello, guys. Hello. How you doing? And thank you very much for coming. You'll be doing most of the talking, don't you worry, but let me just get my little bit done and out of the way. We're going to be looking at the T45C Goshawk mainly with a little bit of ready room as well. First thing to mention is that these are not official mods. These are mods rather than modules, aren't they, guys? So they're going to be yeah. freely available? Correct. And what I was saying earlier about this one being more important than the others, I see lots of video feeds coming up in my YouTube for, you know, F-22 Raptor versus SU-57 Dogfight and stuff like this, which looks really cool. But then I actually go and download the, in question, the F-22 Raptor and the SU-57, and they're nothing but really just an F-15 with a different polygon mesh and an SU-27 with a different polygon mesh with some slight changes. So they're not really represent the plane at all. What I'm saying is they're, they're very, very low fidelity. This Goshawk, as far as I'm aware, is going to be pretty high fidelity, a bit like the official modules in DCS. So, so that's one reason why it's caught my attention. The other reason it's caught my attention, because all of us in this scene want to get as many people into DCS as we can. It's quite hard to do that, I'm sure you'll agree, when the modules cost $80, a Hornet's $80, a Tomcat's $80, and so it's just not that easy for someone who's not at all invested in it so when something comes out for free that's going to be good realistic and actually useful because for instance naval ops we're going to talk about a lot today and it's a big thing in dcs now we've got a super really realistic supercarrier to have a free mod that you can come and download and use that acts like a real plane and interacts with the carriers and stuff like that is a big thing we just haven't had that we've we've got a free su-25 which I'm sure it's very cool, but it's just not something that people really want to use. TF-51, it's not something people really want to use. T-45 Goshawk, I think it's going to be a game changer and it's going to help us get more people in. That's my spiel as to why I really wanted to get you guys on. On my screen here is some information that Particle sent me and you can freeze that and read that uh, yourself. Who is VNAO? You know, what are you guys? And who is VNAO Simulations? Just so we know this, the scope. Let's have Max start with VNAO so he kind of gives a backstory to, because he is the founder mm -hmm. of VNAO, and then I'll step in for the simulations part. So VNAO kind of began back in 2008 whenever I was uh, involved with a, with a virtual squadron. Back then it was uh, Lomac, uh, mm -hmm. lock on uh, modern air combat. And there was a lot of mods back then, and, and the guy that, that I was flying with, the, the, the squadron we were with, were developing a mod. Uh, uh, so he said for uh, an F-14. Uh, I have a, a huge love for the U.S. Navy and U.S. Mm -hmm. Navy aviation, so that that's that's what kind of attracted to me. I, I brought a couple friends with me, and we were uh, hoping that uh, that that project would get going. It, it turned out it didn't, and so uh, I was uh, displeased with some things that were going on with that squadron. So I broke off with this other friend of mine, and we split off and began a few months of our own. Uh, that you can still find in some form or another in uh, in the community. Uh, the first was an F-14 mod. Uh, it was an external mod with that was that used uh, you know the F-15 cockpit, mm -hmm. and uh, and it 
uh, we made a carrier operational where it would have a hook and it would trap on the deck. And of course, even the back then, even the um, the carrier that we used was a uh, knockoff of the Kuzinev. You know, it was mm-hmm. a, a, a sort of a redo. And uh, and we also put out a Super Hornet and a couple other small uh, mods that kind of never got going. Uh, and then, you know, things kind of tapered off. Everybody was <clears throat> anticipating the F-18. And, uh, and uh, I life took me elsewhere, and, and uh, I wasn't able to put VNAO. I did put VNAO together, and we, we had these carrier wings, and we were flying together. We had quite a few people, and it was uh, the mods were, were really doing well. And uh, and then uh, you know it kind of tapered out a little bit, and then with the advent of the F eighteen uh, a couple years ago, I took the reins again for VNAO, which VNAO by the way stands for Virtual Naval mm-hmm. Air, Air Operations, and it's our goal is basically just to mimic the U.S. Navy, and and do it in such a way that is uh, that is uh, respectful to the U.S. Navy and the pilots and and maintainers and everybody that works. Uh, currently, in, in the past, in the U.S. Navy, we've uh, since the eighteen, we've we've grown exponentially, and 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 uh, I've known Particle now for almost three years, and uh, and Particle is, you know, a uh, super developer, twenty years experience, and um, and you know, so we we're we're glad to have him, um, and we're glad to have now this opportunity and. And a team to be able to put put together the some other uh, mods. He did the um, the ready room mod, which was it just blew my mind. It's mm-hmm. in VR, you know. It just it, it it just it's fabulous. It's repaintable. You can do it for whatever squadron you want. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so that there's also the T forty five C, which which we're gonna you know talk about today. I'm sure, but. So that uh, me and Particle got to put our heads together, and basically, we decided to, to uh, create VNAO simulations. It's kind of the other side of the same coin, whereas VNAO is the flying and the uh, operational stuff that we do with the squadrons and the wings and all of that, which which we're now up to uh, fifty to seventy five pilots. Mm. We've had anywhere between thirty to thirty five pilots in a mission at once. Um, uh, we've we've done really well with that. We're hoping to do the same with the, with the other side of the coin, which is fill in, do what VNAO has always done, kind of fill in those holes, those gaps that that uh, mm-hmm. that are that aren't necessarily available with ED or DCS. Uh, uh, and the the first uh, iteration of that is is going to be the T forty five C, which. Um, uh, Quite a few real-life F-18 pilots and uh, and F-14 pilots have have taken their training through these T-45Cs, mm-hmm. and and, uh, and so it seemed to be a logical uh, fit for the carrier air wing guys. And there's a lot of them. You know, there's us. We have two carrier air wings, and then uh, our, our kind of sister wing is CVW-11 with ice fire. And um, and there's you know uh, there's the uh, CVW three and you know nine they're just all over the place. There's a vast group of guys, and they've 
all express interest in a trainer. Mm-hmm. It's, that's not you know not one that can operate um, in in the carrier uh, arena, and and that's why we've chosen this as our as our first offering. Particle's done a wonderful job with it. He's uh, he's a great developer, and like I said, he's a good uh, dev lead, and uh, and so VNAO Simulations is is that that part of it, the the, the development part that that makes these mods, and uh, I'll hand it over to uh, Particle to discuss that part. Yeah, uh, thanks, Max. Um, real quick, I mean, I, Max did a really good job there of kind of walking through the the, the big points of, of what the two different, the differences are between the two, I think. Um, I'll just say that, you know, like you said, we met about three years ago. I think we've been flying together and kind of, you know, friends. And uh, we saw a need um, in some of the, the lack of the fleshing out of the roles um, in DCS uh, in terms of uh, modules. And uh, I was like, well, hell, I've been, uh, sorry, I will try and keep it clean. Uh, I've been doing this for 20 years. I've been, I've been a game developer, and uh, I can go through my history later. Um, but uh, uh, just to say, I, I've been making games professionally in AAA studios for 20 years um, in various capacities, various roles. So... Um, I was like, I can build one of these things. Let's let's go for it. And he's like, really? And I was like, yeah. Let's let's see what we want to do and and start doing it. And um, and that's kind of where the, these were kind of born. And the T forty five was not the first one we started on. You know, we had a couple of different uh, false starts um, when. And then that's where I started learning about the code um, mm-hmm. and the nuances of uh, mm-hmm. the DCS code mm-hmm. uh, base. And I realized maybe maybe <laughs> maybe we'll back off and. And, 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 you know, uh, start with something a little bit more straightforward. And that's where we kind of settled on with the T45 um, and the ready room. But, uh, yeah, uh, that's about the gist of it. You've hit all the key points there. I, one thing okay. I picked out is that it's great to have some guys out there. Doing, I'm sure there's more, but great guys doing out there doing Milsim Naval Ops. Right, guys, I think the next thing is to get a bit more into the, uh, into the T45. Shall we quickly run through the video? Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Lincolnshire Aviation Heritage Center. This is Chris Stryker Curtis with you here live today as we transition now to a four-ship Chet Trainers, the T-45 Goshawk. It's a highly modified version of the British BAE Systems Hawk, land-based training jet aircraft. Manufactured by McDonnell Douglas as they make their way on the roll now for the section takeoff. Of course, leading that is the lead demo aviator, Bo. Left wing, you'll see Fergie. In the right wing, Night Stalker. And slot aviator T-45 lead developer, Michael Particle Pucci. As uh, the first two of the section takeoff. Our airborne gear now going into the wells as they depart. Of course, the T-45 is used by the United States Navy. It's an aircraft carrier-capable trainer as the second section now lead on that is up in there. We're followed by two. A little vertical, little roll there. <laughs> A little dirty roll on takeoff. Finish it up there on, the, uh, on this demo for Airborne now into the cockpit here. Look at this beautiful cockpit. Well done, guys. You know, it's, it, this uh, mod here, beautiful looking mod, it was developed as a, uh, to carry on the jet trainer, the T-45. They did an amazing job. Of course, the actual jet 
train. It was used by the United States, and it still is used by the United States Navy, the United States Marine Corps. Had uh, not originally been designed to perform carrier operations, but numerous mod modifications were required, such as the extensive strengthening of the airframe to withstand the excessive forces imposed by the stresses involved in catapult launches over and over again with the uh, high students right there. Uh, that's the high sink rate landings, coupled with a lot of, you know, we're talking about students here, and, uh, well, they're not as fine-tuned as your traditional aviator. Great view on the left wing there. As we go back now, there's the four ship formed up as they make their turnaround. You'll see Slot there, beautiful paint scheme, as, ladies and gentlemen, your T-45 demo, Diamond Pass in Review. As we go on board to number three, or actually, let's say the right wing. Look at that. That takes a little skill. That is not something you learn in just a few minutes of flight. So these uh, gentlemen are definitely doing a great job showcasing the T-45C here as they make their way out there. They're setting up for, we'll see it here in a second, but possibly a four-ship banana pass as they make their way upbound. And uh, there's actually four taken off there into the vertical. Let's see what he's got for us here. As a solo now inbound from show left, rolling out on the down line, showcasing what this T-45 can do. Smooth job at the controls now in the room. Of course, to become an F-18 or even an F-35 naval aviator, well, first you gotta master this. Of course, if you're just joining us, this is Chris Stryker. Chris, welcome back to the Lincolnshire Aviation Heritage Center. As now he solo is inverted. Completing, I believe, the Cuban 8 here. Most notable amongst the changes made to the Hawks design was the adoption of a compar comparatively simple leading edge slat system. As we're on board with left wing now. Of course, that system is operated by an actuator and linkage me mechanism capable of being housed within the uh, basically limiting free space available, along with the addition of strikes on the fuselage, which improve airflow. Other modifications to the Gosshawk include its reinforced airframe, the adoption of a more robust and widened landing gear. Of course, I'm going to need that for the carry operations. Complete with a catapult tow bar. Look for that on the front side of the nose gear. Uh, that's to the Oleo strut there. New two-wheel nose gear design and an arresting hook, of course, to cap it all off for him. As uh, we now are in... Well, many have called the, the Dorito. It's the three-ship looking good, guys, as they make their way back in here. And, of course, additionally, the wingtips were squared off a uh, six-inch extension to the tail fin was made, an increased span tailplane, which was also furnished with square-off tips that were installed. As uh, Here it is, folks, T-45 three-ship. Get you a little credence to the flight model there, folks, as uh, Slot now coming back in to catch up with them. Look how smooth that was. No PIO. I'm looking forward to this model. Of course, the T-45 has been used for intermediate and advanced portions of the Navy and Marine Corps. Student Naval Aviator Strike Pilot training, of course, was also in play here with the training Air Wing 1 at Naval Air Station, Meridian, Mississippi. And training Air Wing 2, well, that's at Naval Air Station, Kingsville, Texas. 
slot is back in. The diamonds together. Uh, of course, the T45 you're seeing now, that was uh, that basically replaced the T2 Buckeye. That was an intermediate jet trainer before it. And the t of course, the TA4J Skyhawk, the 2, the scooter, advanced uh, jet trainer. With an integrated training system that includes the T45 Gossack aircraft, operational and instrument flight simulators, academics, training integration, system support, a lot going in. When you make a new aircraft, it's not just the uh, the iron on the ramp, as you can see here. As you get those cameras, it's the T-45C. Right here, look at our Aviation Heritage Center. There's the break. Okay, guys, can we start punching through some questions, please? Yeah, let's oh, go. Okay, one, we've done already. Two, will the Gossart be official DCS module? Nope, we've already been done that already. Next, number three, what weapon systems will be available on the T-45C? It is not a combat aircraft, unlike the uh, the BAE Hawk, uh, which is used by the Royal Navy. Uh, well, yeah, I'll say that. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, it, it is primarily used as a trainer um, in the United States. Uh, so um, you're going to get practice things. Um, there's no gun on the aircraft. Uh, sadly, you won't be able to pew pew each other. Um, but uh, you will get uh, uh, Mark 76 practice bombs, uh, rocket pods, and um, and you'll be able to carry your um, your shirts and your pants in the center line uh, cargo pod. Uh, that's the extent of what. Uh, yeah, there you go. There's a great image. Uh, that is the practice bombs. Uh, which are, um, you know, you can you can equip them to multiple aircraft in DCS already. So we're using the blue is the DCS model. The uh, the rack that you see there is completely mm -hmm. custom from scratch that I built um, for this aircraft, um, and so it's custom for this aircraft. So that's why I put that together. But yeah, so uh, we have a targeting system. It's a uh, uh, as close as we can build without the SDK SCCIP system. And uh, I wanted to also. Uh, bring up that uh, the engineer that's made most of this possible is uh, Nibby Lot. You uh, may or may not be familiar with him. He wasn't able to make it today, but um, he's an amazing developer that has helped us um, get all of this working. So, um, uh, yeah, it's it's great. Um, he's He's been doing a fantastic job uh, tuning all this stuff. Uh, but those are the weapon systems that will be on this aircraft. I know that uh, somebody had mentioned something about um, fuel tanks, and uh, there was a point at which they tried putting extra bags on the wings, mm -hmm. uh, on the hard points, but uh, the trade-off was not great enough for the weight to the fuel, the, the extended range. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I've been told by a few actual 45 pilots that that was nixed. So no extra fuel tanks. Sorry. Roger. Yeah, we, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, so you guys are keeping it absolutely realistic, which is the way it should yes. be, which is great. Okay, guys, very good. Uh, right, let's push on. Um, mm, uh, this is my question, because this is quite important to me anyway. What kind of interactions... Sorry, sorry, missed one. <laughs> What's the timeline for the module? Will it be available before Christmas? Any rough ideas when people can get their hands on it? Uh, well, the good news is, is we've been flying it for over a year, probably longer than that. So it flies, it works, it does all the things. Um, publicly, um, I really, you know, you can see the, the image that uh, Cap's showing right now mm -hmm. um, are at least where the aircraft is right now. If not, these images are actually quite old. 
Um, so there's been actually improvements like that. It shows the old mm -hmm. HUD there. Mm -hmm. um, actually, I'm going to send you a picture real quick because I forgot to send mm -hmm. you that uh, if you're interested. Yeah. Um, there is, I rebuilt the, um, the HUD unit. Um, and so everything's being improved upon uh, iteration by iteration. Um, so, you know, things are getting better. I do, you can see in that, in those images, there are some untextured things. Those have been added, uh, that HUD I just rebuilt. That's based on the real HUD that's mm -hmm. in the aircraft that will be in there. That's actually already in the model, which is not in the image you're seeing here. So mm -hmm. things like that are continually being updated. A uh, new pilot model is being, um, added right now. We've got a pretty good one, but you know, uh, everything's being improved. The hope and the goal is to have something by the end of this year. And, mm -hmm. you know, hopes and dreams, um, you know, always change. Uh, but unless we get like a showstopper bug, um, we are hoping to have something out um, uh, for the end of this year, maybe by Christmas, but we'll see. Roger, right. I heard it first here, and I know... I mean, no one ever sticks. No one ever sticks to their promises. No one ever. It's impossible. You know, it's just how it is. But it's it's great, and it's good to have something for work to work to as well, guys. Uh, if I could add something a little bit about that. Sorry, we, yeah. We get if if we get one question, we have a, a, a we have we're open to questions. We have the YouTube channel, we have the Discord, and we have these mods channels that people can come and ask us questions. Mm -hmm. If we get one questions that more than any it's when is it going to be released of course mm, yeah. and yeah. uh and and we have been we have been very careful to to manage expectations mm -hmm. um because this is a uh, area that we've not not been before we're, we're kind of we're going in and we're pushing uh, uh this we we know what our goal is our goal is to bring the most accurate t45c that we can uh, that includes the systems, the the, uh, the avionics, the flight, the, the flight model, uh, all of all of that stuff, and and we just have never done it before, so we just don't know how long it's going to take. And um, so the the um, we've we've been when we get that question, you know, we we try to to let everybody know, hey, you know, we're we, we want to put this out as, as much as possible, but we want you guys to be comfortable with what we put out. We want you guys it, for it to be functional, at least in in, uh, in the respect of using it to train uh, your individuals for flight. And uh, so uh, while we set these goals for the end of the year, or the, the goal, that was actually the, the first time we ever set a goal, we we'd never released a timeline until we we were able to kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel and hope that we could make that end of the year timeline. So that's been, that's been a very rough uh, uh, sort of estimate of when we could release it. But it's but it's also uh, with the um, sort of caveat that you know we're trying to manage expectations. We don't want to uh, to over promise and under deliver we want to do the other way around we want to mm -hmm. we want people's minds to be blown when it comes out when it does come out and i i think i speak for particle wellness we will be very happy with it ourselves and uh and we know that that everybody will will be so it's 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 uh just we just want to we want everybody to know that with regards to the release date, we know you're anxious, and we we appreciate that, and we're glad to see the the interest in it. And uh, but we we really want to to uh, we're we're in, we're in territory we've never been before, and we really want to to deliver a product that that is 
going to blow your minds. Roger, guys. Very good. Um, now, this one um, I asked, it's quite important. You guys are very, uh, you know, uh, US Navy Milsim kind of type guys. So I asked you, what kind of imp what level of interaction can we expect from the mod and the supercarrier, if any? Uh, well, the good news is, is uh, that's one of the reasons we uh, embarked on the EFM, which um, enhanced flight model, if you're not aware, I think that's the term that it actually um, uh, is called. Um, but uh, yeah, we currently can spawn on the supercarrier. We can taxi over with uh, direction from the cruise. Mm -hmm. um, we're working on, we've actually been waiting to release a carrier operations video. I'm going to hopefully have something uh, Max and I spoke about this uh, recently. Uh, now that I've rebuilt the gear and I don't feel like it's complete trash, mm -hmm. um, we'll probably be doing some, uh, uh, you know, our little short one-minute videos to demo the launch and recovery on the supercarrier. We can actually call for a launch, uh, be uh, marshaled over to a cat, uh, hook up just like any other aircraft in DCS right now, um, and uh, then uh, salute and be launched off the carrier at the accurate speed as close as we can match to this aircraft, which I think is about 121 knots, which is the cat launch speed. You can fly the pattern. Um, at that point, you do not have radios. Uh, so that's one point to make clear here is because it is a non-SDK, mm -hmm. non-official module, uh, we don't have access to radios. Uh, so things you lose are uh, being able to have full radio comms, uh, being able to call a tanker. This is not a refueling aircraft, so that's not a big deal. Um, but um, you can basically uh, fly the pattern um, and trap on the on the carrier, and it will actually give you the built-in ED uh, trap score, just like any other aircraft uh, most of the time. Uh, but uh, it definitely works. Uh, you can taxi off uh, and uh, roll over to the launch, uh, to the cat again, request launch, and, and, you know, cycle it as many times as you want. But it all works. Good. That's the main thing. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, guys, that's perfect. Um, rear seater, I I'm assuming, I, I don't actually know much about this plane, is the instructor the rear seater? The instructor is in the rear seat. Okay. And the question is, what level of control will the rear seat have, which is quite important to people? Uh, so you will have as much control in the back seat as the front seat. There are some things that do not, uh, repeat to the back seat, um, because technically you never fly this aircraft from the back seat solo. Um, if you are soloing the aircraft, um, and again, I, I confirmed this uh, a couple days ago with our instructor pilots, cause I didn't want to misspeak. Uh, you always fly this from the front seat solo. But if you have an instructor in the back and a student in the front, the instructor um, has working MFDs in the back uh, that are separate from the front. Um, they can see all the same information you see on that image right there in the back mm -hmm, repeated. Mm -hmm. uh, the uh, cockpit uh, uh, interactions in the back seat um, are clickable to a certain extent and this is where we start running up against the mm. again the sdk mm. issue where uh like uh you know like the uh, mb339 mm -hmm. you get that desync uh mm -hmm. because um we don't have the ability to underlie uh we, we don't have the time to write the code to offload to a separate program to synchronize everything so let's say the uh 
the front seater drops the hook you will see the hook drop in the external most of the time but you may not see the handle drop in the rear seat so things that you see um, in both cockpits may not always synchronize unfortunately mm -hmm. um, but um, multi-crew does work i mean it it works you can sit in the back seat and you can instruct as the instructor pilot and and fly the aircraft um, and there's no reason you can't do that so multi-crew does work and it is functional awesome um I, just, just and if I could, sorry go ahead go ahead Matt. i i just wanted to to well i wanted to i'm i'm, I'm looking at the chat here also on the street oh i didn't open um, that up uh the uh I see someone there that's that said it must be a table data plugged into an existing EFM. Um, that's actually wrong. The the EFM we've developed, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Particle, is completely from scratch. Uses nothing that we've gotten originally from from the game. It's, correct. Okay. I mean, it's it's based on what's publicly available for the EFM. But yeah, this is not an EFM hijacked from um, any other module uh well i i want to be very clear so the one efm that is out there that is publicly available is the f-16 demo efm which was the only um uh version available non-sdk um you know that's that's got code hidden behind third party developer contracts so it technically is based on an f-16 but it's been completely recoded uh so that it supports this aircraft the flight dynamics of this aircraft um, of the t-45 the performance specs are, are are tuned to the performance specs of this actual aircraft so it's not going to fly like anything else in the game right now it's going to fly like a t-45 and we can verify that with our with our yeah. pilots and and the important takeaway from that is that that you don't have to own or have Correct. another another module or something that that uh for this to fly it's completely independent yep um you don't have to have the f-18 the f-14 mm -hmm. or any any helicopter or, or or anything out there that's payware um the, the, this could be you could you could technically have dcs world the free dcs world download mm -hmm. and and our module and be able to fly it uh with no Correct. other other purchases basically no purchase necessary i mean it, to use Correct. that uh, yeah, when I colloquialism. Sorry, just to jump in. Just when I said the F-16, I'm not talking about the Viper from ED. I'm talking about uh, a, a, a F-16 that was created. And I, I apologize. I don't remember who developed the uh, the, the EFM code base uh, for it, but uh, that is uh, that is not the ED F-16 Viper that we um, that modified. This is completely from scratch. Roger, guys. Okay, thank you for clearing that up. It's um, a lot of that's over my head, but people, the people listening, will understand that perfectly, I'm sure. So, thank you very much for that. Uh, so, that was the rear seat, uh, which kind of moves directly on to: is it multi-crew capable? Where you've just answered yes. Um, yep. So, physics. So, what you're saying in multiplayer, you can have a human in the front and a human in the back at the same time. The answer is yes, isn't it? Correct. Okay, that's fine. Answers that question. Thank you. Um, and it's a lot of fun. We've done it. So. Good. Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. We, we love. Multicore aircraft are a real thing, aren't they? They're really, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, right, uh, this, if you haven't answered it already, what made you take on the T-45C? Any reason for choosing this aircraft? You've kind of explained that, but anything you want to add to that? You know, like I said, uh, the, the reason we picked this aircraft was, uh, let me look at my notes real quick to see if I missed anything, is, uh, you know, we have, you know, new pilots come into VNA all the time who are like, 
I want to fly a jet. And then they get, and then we're like, what should I buy? You know, and they're like, well, I, I went and bought the F-18 and they jump in and they're so overwhelmed. Yeah, right. Uh, you know, we basically are like, all right, we need to come up with a platform that uh, mimics more what real pilots go through. And that's, that's kind of been our goal here with the, the T-45 is you're not going to basically, as a pilot, you know, who wants to fly fast jets, get in and fly an F-18 day one. You know, you start out with gliders, then Cessnas, depending on, you know, whatever you do. And then you move into, you know, a turbo a prop or a, a turboprop, uh, you know, then then you move over to a fast jet, which is a T-45. And then, you know, if you pass all those, then you move on there. And so that's why we wanted to fill that role so that, you know, we get it. It's not real. It's virtual. But, you know, at VNAO, we do things as close to by the standards and procedures of the Navy and Marines that, you know, we want to simulate it. You know, um, that's what DCS is all about and what our group is all about is making it as realistic as we possibly can. And we saw, of uh, you know, a, 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 you know, something that we could provide. And that's why we decided to go down this road. Also, one of the things that I'm really proud of with VNAO, the, uh, the flying group is, you know, the other side of the coin besides simulations is that we've been able to attract some real-life Navy pilots. Well, and uh, and right around the time we were uh, expressing interest in, in developing this, uh, we we had a lot of pilots that are, are current and former uh, uh, pilots in the Navy who said, you know, that got their training from the Goshawk. You know, the, the, the Goshawk itself is, is, uh, is what you would fly now to get into a modern aircraft, and uh, uh, so uh, being able to kind of wow them kind of steered us in this direction too. I mean, give, you know, give something to them. You know, they come and they give us their expertise, and they they um, they uh, fly with these. Uh, you know, uh, inspire us. I guess is the best way to put it. And this is kind of the Goshawk creating something that they could could uh you know kind of fly and say oh yeah i flew that and and uh it, it really steered us because the, uh, a lot of the pilots that are that we do have in vnao that are current former navy pilots they went through these uh these airframes and and uh, as a result they can well they can you know they can, a lot of them can tell us how how good it is and uh and whether it's hitting that mark that we're trying to hit and but it's also kind of a, a way of giving them something that they they can uh fly from back in the old days in their careers Roger guys for me i'm looking forward to it because uh i can at the moment just like you said like the same problem where i try and attract people within who who not from a flight sim background generally those people don't need my help at all they can just do it themselves but a lot of people don't don't come from a flight sim background and they they buy their hornet because it's the sexiest looking thing and then they just sit there godsmacked because they can't get anywhere with it because it is so complex and overwhelming and they give up and go and play war thunder instead that's that's something i deal with every day uh, so yeah. i'm hoping this i yeah. can just say look don't even waste your money at the moment just get this for free the boys give it out for free um go and get used to it it whets your appetite and it lets you in it breaks you in easy when you've mastered that Fine, go and spend your fifty dollars, get your hornet. I'd much yep. prefer to deal with it that way because um, every day I'm having this problem. I'm trying to explain. You know, all I can really do is make some videos that hopefully help, but I can't hand take every single person through it. So, um, 
so I mean that's why well that's why we're here today really isn't it guys? Let me let me correct you on one point. Uh, the Heepler F-14 is a more sexy aircraft than the <laughs> F-18. Just yep. so we're clear. Hey, I, um, you don't need to convince me at all. <laughs> you don't. You really don't. Uh, anyway, uh, we love you, Ebler. Uh, anyway, uh, but, um, yeah, that's one nice thing is, you know, to be able to have an aircraft, uh, that's going to be free, uh, where you can jump in, um, let's say you're comfortable flying the pattern and the, the operations and procedures for a carrier and jump in the back seat to somebody who's never flown the aircraft and walk them through, um, those procedures is night and day from hitting F4 and sitting on the outside mm-hmm. Um, you know, on the uh, the outside of like an F-18, you're like, well, you're a little high. You know, it's much mm-hmm. better when you're in the aircraft and you can see it from a perspective of a pilot. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one of our goals here is making it as, you know, as easy and straightforward to be an instructor as, as, as well. And there are no other uh, multi-crew, um, you know, aircraft and DCS right now that are carrier capable. Um, that, so we, we wanted to, you know, it's like, come on, we got a super carrier. Let's get an aircraft that we can train in, um, you know, uh, that works on the super carrier. And, you know, it just happens to be ours so far. Module guys. Okay, uh, very good. Uh, the next one is just talking, can you tell us a bit more about the Gosok? Well, that's why we showed the little video earlier. To be honest, that's that that's explained in a nutshell exactly what the Goshawk was and where it came from. So I think we'll skip over that one if we can. Okay. Uh, next, is the T-45C a military trainer only or is it flying in civil aviation role as well? And did you manage to get access to the real plane to create the module? So uh, um, I'm yeah, go ahead, Max. Let me try this. Yep. Uh, the, the, the T-45C in its, in its uh, configuration now uh, is strictly uh, used by the U.S. Navy. Um, it is uh, it's it, it is as much a hawk as a chicken is an eagle. I mean, it's it, it is a bird, and it and it, it is uh, it does look like, a lot like the hawk the hawk and it's and it's based off that flight. Uh, but the frame, the gear, the engine, the avionics, everything about it makes it so much different it's basically a, a different airplane that has the overall basic shape to mm-hmm. it as far as i know the uh the only uh the aircraft in this iteration like for instance the hawk has if, if you look at this picture here the hawk has one wheel up front the beefed up landing gear for the for the goshawk has has two uh two nose wheels um on the front gear and uh, that's to just take that stress of of uh, of, and that adds weight. And so, if you take anytime you add weight, you're going to change the flight model. The only the Navy uses this right now. Um, there are, of course, forget the Marines. It is the Marines. Too. Oh yeah, and the, and the Marines. Which basically the the Navy and the Marines are the same. Uh, yeah, they train the same. They train in the same. They uh, train at the same bases and with the same instructors right alongside each other. You have a Marine sitting in back as an instructor instructing a, a Navy uh, student up front. Sorry, I just didn't want to forget that. And uh, so the the U.S. Navy and Marines are, are the only ones that use use it for this. Uh, but you can, the Hawk will be, it is a civilian version of the same airframe, I guess, but is much different aircraft. Um, the uh, Also, the 
we, we get this question all the time too, but we have British liveries and, and all that. We're not going to be doing any any fictional liveries. So, uh, and I know that the Hawk has a lot of uh, liveries uh, available, but the Goshawk itself is the liveries that we're going to provide are only going to be related to how it's used in real life. And right now, that's only that only includes U.S. Navy or U.S. Marine uh, squadrons. Roger, guys. Well answered. Um, this next one, uh, I mean, we could talk for hours about this, so could we, if we could just have a 30-second answer about this one from each, please. Just a personal one for each of you. What started your passion for aviation, and was it at an early age? Well, for me, um, I was a Navy brat. My dad was a jet mechanic in the United States Navy. And, uh, and so from a very young age, I was... Uh, uh, surrounded by these aircraft when dad would take me to work uh, I would see you know shout out senior chief my, my dad uh, uh, for inspiring me uh, every air show that came to town I was there and uh, I've been I've been to air shows and seen the Blue Angels fly since they were in A4s and um, uh, you know I just that's where my love of aviation came from is just being a Navy brat yeah, and I, I uh, same, not that I was a Navy brat, but I grew up, my dad uh, was an Army uh, captain, and uh, we, you know, he always loved aircraft, and so he'd take me to, I grew up in Southern California, um, and so we would go down to the um, the bases for air shows and whatnot. Uh, I, I still remember, you know, walking through C-5s and just going, my mm -hmm. God, this plane mm -hmm. is unbelievably huge, and how does this even fly? Um, you know, and, and talking to the pilots, you know, F-14s, uh, F-18s, I think were around when I was younger uh, for that. But, you know, I think the, the coolest thing I ever saw that just, just smacked me and I went, oh, my God, is I actually got to see the SR-71 fly oh, in person. <laughs> I, uh, that's how that's how old I am. Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, that thing was walking up and seeing the, the spacesuit that those guys wore uh, and then seeing that thing with the purple the purple afterburner ripped mm -hmm. down the runway you just like and the the sound and the feel the it's 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 crazy yeah i love aviation um you know i've uh, done a little bit of ga um i've flown uh as a pilot uh but um nothing like military it's just always been a passion i was almost going into the air force and it didn't happen um even though i really wanted to be in the navy and so i just backed off of it and you know now i'm doing this for a living so can't complain it's funny how you come kind of full circle in a way isn't it i mean i'm, I'm exactly the same well i'm not exactly the same but i from i mean we ask these this and the next question to every single person we have because it's interesting and uh, every single person has said it's as a kid they got into aviation as a kid no one's ever said it's when i was 15 or when i was 20 or 40 yeah, i find that really interesting um because the next question again just a 30 second answer because it's not a very serious thing but out of interest what is your favorite aircraft and why everyone's got you know some sort of favorite however you want to quantify that you want to start max um i've got two favorites one's piston one jet uh, mm -hmm. of course the f-14 is is mm -hmm. uh you know it's the one that everybody falls in love with and and uh and inspires them to do whatever they they do in aviation if they whether they want to join the navy or not but i like the f4 um mm -hmm. the navy version the the f4j it's it's a, just an awesome bird it's very powerful um so that'd be my favorite jet 
as far as U.S. Navy goes. Um, the the my favorite piston pusher is a one Sky Raider. So mm-hmm. um, I I actually had a chance to to uh, see a few of those over the years, and uh, and it's one of the first first also uh, aircraft that my father worked on mm-hmm. in the U.S. Navy. It's a, uh, a awesome airplane. Mm-hmm. Kind of a holdover in technology from World War II, used well into the Vietnam age, and uh, and it's just it's just a, a hell of an airplane. Uh, and uh, so for piston pushers, that'd be my favorite. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have. I'm going to name a few, and then I'll, I'll I'll basically end with the one. I, I I like I said, growing up real young, I built tons of plastic model kits. I had, you know, a dozen aircraft carriers. I had, I can't even tell you how many model airplanes. Um, and I fell in love with the Tornado and the F-111. Mm-hmm. I love swept wing aircraft. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I fly the F-14 Tomcat primarily in DCS. That's my plane. Um, I was um, lead of a squadron in, in there before I kind of backed out and went into the experimental squadron uh, development and, and spent all my time building aircraft here. But I love swept wing aircraft. Uh, having said that, um, I really love the F4U Corsair. Um, mm-hmm. I love the bent wing. Um, just the pure design of that aircraft is, is, is amazing. But I think I'd finally land on the P 38 lightning. That Mm -hmm. is by far Mm -hmm. my most favorite Mm -hmm. aircraft, the twin boom twin prop, uh, you know, flying that. Unfortunately, we don't have a version of it in, uh, DCS. Did you play it in IL-2? It's great. I was just going to say, I go over to IL-2 and I live my dreams in (laughs) IL-2's P 38. If you haven't tried it, it's well worth the money um, to fly the P-38 in IL-2. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah. Roger, guys. No, absolutely. It is my favorite plane in there, whatever I, whatever I fly. Okay, excellent answers, guys. Those were correct answers. Some people come up and say, <laughs> you know, they're just the daftest crap. Uh, well, they're daftest swear word. And I'm like, really? Do I have to really snarl, snarl and nod and pretend? But those were actual proper planes, which is nice. I've just got to say, I hate to want to hijack this interview, but I've heard some yeah. big names. SR-71, I heard in there. I heard an F-4 in yep. there. I remember yep. back on you guys have uh, got a massive base in England called Mildenhall. It's a great, wonderful thing to have. Now, before 9-11, when everything just went, terrible uh, in terms of um, uh, the bases over here they went to super lockdown and never had an air show since before then they used to have an air show every year and it was a proper air show you paid like t- nothing to get in like ten dollars and they would give you the honestly must have been the world's biggest air shows that i remember b1s doing proper displays si71s doing displays oh, yeah. c5s but f4s starfighters mm-hmm. all this amazing stuff and this is what my kind of not yeah childhood and into kind of very early adolescence remembers obviously 2001 came around and it just shut down it's never done anything since it was such a shame but i have wonderful yeah. memories and that's that's where mine came from but anyway nice. they're just great things i remember right guys yep, we've yep. got to push on because we've got a job to do at the end of the day uh what type of radar will be on board the goshawk now the hawk never had a radar and i didn't know the goshawk did so what's the answer please the hawk either it, uh, yeah it does not it has ground it has a radar a radar altitude mm-hmm. system and that is it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no that's fine that's yeah. what it is it's a trainer at the end of the day you're not going to be shooting down correct baddies yeah yeah yep. yep. absolutely guys okay uh next question if only one pilot is or only one human is flying the jet trainer can he swap seat like the tomcat you can press one or two and can we expect an ai 
not necessarily instructor, but an, oh, it says an AI instructor that can guide us if there is no human uh, with experience to take the role. Um, anything you have to answer to that? No. Uh, you, when you pick your seat uh, at the pilot select screen, that is the seat you get. You cannot fly from the back seat solo. So mm -hmm. there's no way to select that back seat unless there is a pilot in command of the aircraft first. Uh, and then when you're... Mm -hmm. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, can you do it in real life? Can you have just a rear seater? No, no, that pli the plane mm -hmm. is not allowed to fly uh, with a rear seat solo. It's there, always there, front seat solo. Yeah, mm -hmm. There are some controls in all in in all the trainers that I've ever been associated with. And and just for a little bit of background, I used to be a maintainer for T thirty fours, T and and T sixes. Mm -hmm. Wicked. And uh, the T sixes, uh, especially, are very similar to the to the uh, to the T forty five in the cockpit because they they have a lot of the take command. Uh, uh, options from front to back um so some but some of the fuses the circuit breakers and 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 stuff like that are not present in the back seat correct so um in order to fly it solo and be able to flip those breakers or d do the, the, the have the complete control of the aircraft that you need you need to fly it from the front seat so the okay. back seat is strictly for instructors okay guys yeah that makes perfect sense um, the next the next question is a big one, and I'm going to hijack this slightly to first to say mm -hmm. um, I followed with interest the MB339. I love that module, and I'm expecting yours to be relatively similar in that I probably like it the same amount for the same reasons. But anyway, I love the 339, and it was great, and it went as far as it could until it hit the obvious wall without an SDK. So they went fully professional, they got their SDK, and now they're making a fully, you know, a full professional one. Okay, and that's great. I, I love following. I, that's the first developer I've followed from. Uh, I don't know, you know, noobness to professional, and I really enjoyed it. Um, is that something you guys are interested in doing? Um, to go, if you like GoPro, or you purely want to do it as a, a hobby and just keep it at that? If that's the way to describe it. Uh, do you want to speak to that, Max? Yeah. Um, so uh, it, this is a it's a tricky question because um, uh, we're we we aren't associated officially with ED. Mm -hmm. um, we have goals that we want to achieve with the aircraft. And we think that we can achieve 80 to 90% of those goals. Mm -hmm. The, with it being as simple as it is, you know, it's a basic pro it's a basic, uh, project. It's a basic trainer. There's not any active radar. There's not a lot of, a lot of things that, that are, that, that, um, are overly difficult. So we think that we can, we can do it. Uh, but we are, we are sort of behind the eight ball in that we we don't have access to the SDK, we aren't uh, dealing with uh, ED directly, and so um, so we are going to bring it as far across the goal line as we can, um, uh, and the, the limitations being without without the SDK, um, we. Uh, have been in contact with I won't go into detail but we have been in contact with ED and and uh, they've given some guidelines of what it would take to become a third-party developer right now it's not in the cards it doesn't mean it's not in the cards in the future um, I th um, but the uh, the goshawk itself the project will go as far as the lack of the SDK will take us yeah so um, so that's that's where that that limitation lies. Uh, uh, we 
faithfully uh, bring as much accuracy to the table as we possibly can. Um, and um, and so we hope that that you'll love the T45C as much as you love the MB3339 when it was when the MB3339 wasn't an official mod. Mm -hmm. um, and and uh, hopefully whenever that uh, whenever we find a release, we'll have enough that you'll forget that it's not mm -hmm. uh, that it's not fully uh, supported by ED. Roger, guys. And to, just to finish the actual question, uh, what other plans do you have for the future as a developer? Well, you're not, well yeah, as a developer, uh, can you share anything else you want to talk about that you might want to develop in the future, anything like that? Our, uh, and we discussed this, me and Particle, um, uh, whether or not we should, we should mm. divulge this or not. But our, our, plan for, our immediate plan for after the T45C is going to be, uh, we've decided the T6 Texan II. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, it's a it's a trainer. It's uh, what the U.S. Navy and and Marine pilots get their introductory to f uh, flight with. Um, they uh, it's uh, uh, it's very similar to the T45. That's yeah, um, a great picture. Yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah, that's and and uh, I've had uh, the opportunity to work on these personally, mm -hmm. um, uh, and they're. Uh, they replaced the old T-34C uh, turbo mentors. Now, if you're in in the Navy now and you, you uh, are getting your introductory flight, you're going to be doing it in this aircraft. Um, it doesn't have active radar. It doesn't do uh, even the even the weapons. Uh, everything is simulated. You know, you do mock uh, bomb runs and stuff like mm -hmm. that. But there's no bomb. There's no fake bombs. None of that. So, this is a uh, it's. The T six was also a um, uh, is used by other uh, militaries around the world in some aspects as an actual combat aircraft. This one is is going to be just focusing on its its role for the uh, for the U S Navy and the and the Marines. So uh, this is our next project. It's it's already in the very very early stages of development. No. Uh, release date or anything yeah. like that but then. and let me jump in here uh real quick and say that um you know looking forward uh dcs is not going to be our only focus um and mm -hmm. uh i know we want to keep this to kind of dcs i think uh mm -hmm. for the most yeah. part but i will i will say this that you know the t45 we've put a lot of work into visually uh research um, you know, we've got uh, real pilots, you know, on board, um, you know, who are testing this thing, who are instructor pilots. Uh, and, you know, our goal is to bring this to as many people as we possibly can. Um, like I said, we've put almost two years of work into what we've got. You know, it hasn't been full time. Obviously, this is, you know, not my, my not my day job, uh, really, uh, mm -hmm. for the most of the project. Uh, so we're looking at possibly bringing this to X-Plane and Microsoft Flight Sim, just to name a couple mm -hmm. uh, simulators uh, that we could be moving the T-45 over to. Um, you know, so, you know, with the, with the T-6 being, you know, kind of our next you know, uh, project uh, that may come to DCS specifically, uh, we will probably be working on uh, the T-45 for other simulators um, in the near future. 
Roger, guys. Very good. Next question, very yeah, simple one. What engine is on the T45C? Is it reheat capable? Bearing in mind, uh, you know, this is the layman speaking. So What you pulled, I see it on the stream. Mm -hmm. That is what I was going to tell you. Um, that is, I did verify that that is uh, accurate. There may be a small variation on that, um, mm -hmm. but um, yes, that is... Uh, that is the correct uh, information from Wikipedia. Roger. Okay, guys. Right. Uh, will there be mission options or learn or learning course brackets? How to shoot from the deck and how to land in details for the Ghost Hawk. I'm not really sure how you interpret that, but do you have an answer to that from your interpretation? Um, yeah. So we have, like I said uh, just brief a uh, second ago. Uh, you know, we've got real instructor pilots who take this thing out every day and teach students um, who are testing the flight model, who are engaged with us, um, that uh, want to teach people. Uh, you know, it's fantastic to have these people. Um, I'll drop one name here, which you may know um, um, of the many pilots, but uh, one of the people who is working with us on here is Lex. Mm -hmm. uh, which you yeah, may, uh, some of you may remember from his uh, wonderful instruction on uh, carrier procedures with the F-18. Mm -hmm. um, he is super excited to be part of this um, and uh, said that we could, you know, kind of let people know that he was uh, working with us. I would love to say, um, and this is kind of on our list of to-dos, is to get him to do walkthroughs of some of the procedures for the aircraft, um, as well as a few other people. Um, not only do we have pilots, but we've got a couple maintainers who you know, are spot-checking um, the work on the aircraft and systems, saying that the engine idles a little too low here. It could be the fuel flows a little off here. And we're like, okay, we'll fix those things. And so, you know, those are the kind of things that we are working with on this aircraft and, and the level of detail we're trying to put in here. And if we can get, uh, not necessarily, maybe we'll get some missions that are set up for, you know, this stuff. Uh, we've got some great mission creators um, in VNAO, so we can lean on them to do that. That's not been our primary focus, but we are definitely looking forward to putting together instruction videos on how the aircraft flies, you know, what the on-speed configurations um, are, you know, what you should be approaching the boat on uh, with your current loadouts and, and, and configurations of the aircraft and things like that. Um, we've, got the, we've got the technical experts. Uh, it's just a matter of bringing those pieces together and kind of, uh, you know, creating those things. And I think, I think we're going to be starting to do that soon. Roger, guys. Yeah, and great to see Lex involved in the project there as well, which is cool. Um, what is the biggest challenges about developing the T45C, or maybe we should say rephrase that about developing it for DCS World? Now, DCS World, we know it's more difficult to develop for reasons that I don't really understand, but it's more difficult to develop aircraft for DCS World than Microsoft Simulator, than F. Uh, sorry, I can't remember the other X Plane, and we know that because I've interviewed what. I don't know, nine developers now, and everyone said exactly the same thing, so it must be true. Um, but is there anything specific for DTS that has caused problems with the T45C that you want to talk about? I don't want to pressure into getting anyone in trouble or anything, but... Uh, I, I, the one thing I'll say, you know, I'll lean on my development background. You know, I've worked in engines like Unreal Engine um, mm -hmm. on multiple projects in my background, so I'm very familiar with Unreal um, I've worked on proprietary engines for projects in my background and, um, you know, proprietary engines are always more, more challenging because you don't have the breadth of the community and, uh, seasoned developers mm -hmm. to kind of, 
uh, give you the how-tos and the gotchas. You know, I'm mm -hmm. part of the uh, DCS money community. Um, you know, Discord, which mm -hmm. if you haven't, you know, or mm -hmm. interested in any of that, it's open to anybody. Um, you know, there's a lot of stuff that we've got on this airplane and where we've been able to execute on that uh, without that community support, um, it just wouldn't be possible. We wouldn't have been able to do the Ready Room, the T-45 and a few other projects without the support of some very knowledgeable people and they're much smarter than myself. Uh, over in that community. And, you know, that's why it's so difficult and challenging to develop in, in DCS is, you know, there's not a lot of, um, there's not a lot of information out there. If you aren't a third party, it's a lot of trial and error. And that's <laughs> yeah. why I think it's more difficult to develop in DCS. Um, with X-Plane and, and, and Microsoft Flight, I'm not going to say that they're easier engines. It's they're more well-documented mm -hmm. to non-third-party developers because they are a much more open SDK platform. And I think that's the difference uh, to speak to that uh, between the three different simulators if we're using those as examples. And I think that's why the perception is DCS is much more difficult to develop in is because of the lack of uh, concrete documentation mm -hmm. and a lot of tribal knowledge that mm -hmm. exists in pulling these things off. Roger, it's good to it's good to know at least you've got that kind of I don't really know what to call it, but that you know group of guys who have accumulated that knowledge between them. Um, yeah, and and for the most part, they're very willing to share a lot of the yeah. you know the gotchas, and they know they know you know most often somebody's run into it, and they will let mm -hmm. you know very quickly. Um, you know how to how to remedy the issue, or if it's possible or not possible. Roger, guys, perfect. And specifically for the T forty five, was there anything you really got stuck on? Um, was it blowing up when it, when it touched down on the carrier, or is this something that stands out? I think the people are. So I will I will expose one major bug that we've had, um, which we are still fighting, which drives me crazy. Um, and we really haven't got any clarity to this. So if there's an ED developer who's willing to help us out here um, and give us a, 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 hey, you could solve that issue real easy by tweaking this this mm -hmm. number in this Lua file. Um, you know, when you spawn on the carrier, and I'm hoping we get this fixed, but right now when you spawn on the super carrier and you taxi up to the catapult, you drop your, um, your launch bar, mm -hmm. Um, you know, that's the point at which um, the uh, the AI in the, and, and the game uh, hooks you up to the cat. Because this is such a underpowered, I'm using air quotes, aircraft compared to a, 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 a dual engine, you know, 18 or 14. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, if you get hooked up and you hit taxi up like you would at like, mm -hmm. you know, let's say, you know, 30% throttle like you would with any other aircraft and the, the launch bar goes over and hooks into the cat, the, 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 the shuttle. Mm -hmm. With this aircraft, it takes 20 seconds to get over, to get over that the hump. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> unfortunately. Funny. So yeah. what we've been doing to solve it is you just basically, once you get the signal that you're locked into the launch, you know, system, you, we just firewall it and just mm -hmm. bump over and 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 uh you know the the plane rocks a little bit mm -hmm. but it works it's a stupid bug um so there i i let i let the cat out of the bag it's one mm -hmm. of the things people are going to see possibly with this but that's one thing that's driven me absolutely crazy in terms of like you know beyond that you know it's just been tuning the hook placement so that when you are trapping properly when you are on speed and you're configured properly making sure the plane traps um has been cha challenging, but you know we've got a lot of that worked out now. So um, you know, yeah, I mean that's my biggest 
my, that's my biggest bug right now that drives me up a wall that we haven't solved. Right. Well, hopefully someone will have an idea for that. One of the big brains out there, we'll leave that to yep. them. Okay. Yep. Uh, next one, you've already answered. Is the T45C capable of mid-air refueling? Nope. Or if not... Oh, it sorry. Goes? Yes. Oh. Yep. Oh, that... It, yep. Is the answer that it cannot do mid-air refueling? Cannot. It is yeah, not a sorry, just, it. just checking, yeah. And and no fuel bags. Uh, sorry, no bags as well for the reasons that we spoke about earlier. Yes, yeah. Right, okay. Bit of a, a double negative, but we got that. Yeah, gotcha. Okay, guys. Uh, next question. And this one's quite interesting. Are the instructor controls to be able to override the students ones um, at all in time to take control mistakes? So if the student's screwed up and all of a sudden the um, instructor needs to take control, can he have priority? Uh, how does that work? Yeah, uh, all you need to do is uh, make sure that you set the aircraft up to... Um, I forget what the, I forget it, what the option is, is in the, the mission standard, editor. Oh, yeah, it's the standard DCS system. Yeah, where you can yeah, have, yeah. You can have you basically or one has priority. Uh, or whatever, exactly, right? exactly. Right, yeah. The instructor can basically hit the J key or whatever yeah, you yeah. map it to, and they immediately can take control of the aircraft. Right. Um, and then they they can relinquish that control back to the front seat with another you know keystroke, um, as as they feel that the plane is not in a you know a. a you know, a bad orientation or, you know, they're returning to normal flight after the demonstration. So yes, the rear seat will always have priority if it's set up in mission editor. Roger, lovely. Uh, what will be the approach speed? Assuming a, you know, a traditional, I don't know, 30% uh, fuel and no stores, what will be the uh, approach speed of the T-45C compared to the rest of DCS cap uh, carrier capable jets? For me, it's really hard to learn the carrier landings as approach speeds seem to be too fast for my learning curve. Well, the thing is, and I always teach, is that the approach speed you don't need to know because you just got to learn the angle of attack bracket. But exactly. I mean, that's the whole idea. Exactly. Yeah. That's that's the whole idea. You always trim for the aircraft you're flying. But the published on speed for approaches is 125 knots, mm -hmm. 144 miles per hour, or 232 kilometers an hour for um, for us. Mm -hmm. uh, non non US, uh, but uh, you know, see how quickly I pulled that off. I actually mm -hmm. wrote that down because nice. I knew you were going to. Yeah. <laughs> but um, anyway, uh, in all seriousness, though, uh, the plane in the in the landing configuration is uh, full flaps, uh, full speed brakes. Uh, you land with your speed brakes out like the Tomcat, mm -hmm. um, and uh, you should be able to hit with that, you know, theoretical 30% fuel load mm -hmm. in a perfect world, about 125. And I just flew the aircraft uh, in the last couple days for testing, um, and I was hitting 125 knots, uh, no problem. Um, that was my on-speed uh, doing carrier uh, testing. Roger, excellent. Um, and I've, I'll pick your brain on one other thing. I love the old Hawk. I mean, it wasn't the best module in the world, and it got pulled for whatever reason. But the one thing I liked about it is that it was a trainer, uh, and it, but it can actually go fast. Uh, C101, L39 are great, but they're slow. The, the, the old yeah. Hawk went, I, I can't remember, but it was nearly Harrier speed. Is a Goshawk in a similar vein, or is it a lot slower for some reason? So, um, you know, it is a single heavier. engine. Mm -hmm. What's that, Max? It's a lot heavier, so I, I yep. it, it does... It, it's a little sluggish getting getting going getting and i think the top speed is is under what the hawk can do mm. um uh correct me if i'm wrong but i think that the 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 top speed for the uh the maximum 
absolute best conditions top speed for the for the Gossok is about 400. That's not too bad. It too actually bad. does go faster. Um, the public, like, it's, you know, it, it does go faster. And Lex did confirm with me that, you know, they actually, let me pull this up so I don't misquote him. Uh, but, um, you know, the uh, the comment, I did ask that specifically because we, we feel like right now the plane, and like I said, we're constantly tuning uh, the flight model. Um, and so... Uh, so the the thing was uh, at level 500 AGL, it can reach 495 knots. Currently at 300 knots, so right now it's a little underpowered. So you know we should be able to hit like 495, just under 500 knots in you know clean configuration. Um, they uh, Lex basically made the comment that I think he said they go into the break um, at 300. Um, I can't find it right now, but yeah, I'm pretty sure I've heard that number. Remember that number. So the plane will go. Um, the problem we have, or the challenge that we're trying to tune out of the aircraft right now, is the thing is so slick it won't slow down even with speed brakes. And so we're tuning the drag model right now um, and trying to get the balance between drag, how draggy the surfaces are, like when you deploy speed brakes and flaps. Um, and the and the leading edge slats. How draggy does the aircraft become, and then how fast or how much power the engine has at the higher end? So, our goal here, um, you know, it's always going to be a challenge to get those things perfectly right. The nice thing is, is we have that enhanced flight model, so we can tune those numbers more specifically and much more accurately than using an SFM or a simple flight model, um, which is nice. Uh, but just so everyone knows, we're tuning the aircraft for um, the lower speeds because that's our goal here is to make sure that the on speeds and the, the, the launches, the, the traps, um, and the plane performs better in the lower two-thirds of the performance bandwidth than it does at the higher ends because, again, this is not a combat aircraft mm -hmm. and you're not going to be you know breaking mock with this thing. Um, you know, so so those are our goals with the flight model. Roger, super duper. Um, what is force feedback integration? Presumably, it says on one of your uh, posters or whatever that it has. Force. Yes. Can you explain? I mean, I don't actually know. Uh, so, can you explain what that so, is? So, uh, so I use on uh, my home sim pit. I have something, and I'm sure there'll be people out here that know this uh, sim shaker software. It's 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 produced, and I'm going to throw a name out here because it's it's always been weird to me. But his name's Andre. I don't know if that's his company name or that's the dude's name that coded it. I think it's the guy that actually coded it. But it's a uh, uh, it's overseas uh, in in your uh, you know side of the pond, if you will. Uh, that's uh, that's created. But I use a butt kicker. Uh, uh, module, which is basically a, a, a transducer that is fixed to my uh, flight seat. Um, and so when I pull on the stick and start putting loads on the aircraft, I feel the rumble of the, mm -hmm. of the plane mm -hmm. in my butt, if you will. So I can tell when the plane's going to depart. I can tell when the speed brakes pull out. I can tell when the flaps and the gear drop because I feel a clunk mm -hmm. in my actual seat. Uh, so by default, um, the plane doesn't have a sim shaker profile. But if you, what we do um, is, I put an F eighteen or an F fourteen in the in every mission that we have with the uh, with the plane. If you jump into those planes first to initialize the the force feedback system, 
then you jump into the T45, then everything magically just works and you get that force feedback. And I will tell you what, if you haven't flown with force feedback in DCS, ask for it for Christmas. It is well worth the $200 you're going to spend to get because it will change the way you fly because you can feel aircraft departing or you can feel the buffeting like a real pilot can in an aircraft and it will change the way you fly. You don't have to continually look down at your instruments um, you can just basically, um, you know, uh, by feeling the aircraft like you do as a pilot, um, you can just feel how it, how it performs. Mm, that's interesting. It's I, pretty damn cool. So this, so just so I've got this right, this force feedback thing is about the, the vibrating seat thing that we're talking about. Here. Yes. So the, yes. I was under the impression that the vibrating, this butt kicker thing just worked from the game sound and listened for sounds. And that when it heard a sound, it went, blah, blah, blah. but you're saying it's more dynamically linked to the game than that. It is more dynamically linked to the ah. game. Yes, you can put it in audio mode, but um, you know the problem with that is if you have, which most of us do when we're flying, we have voice comms. If you've got somebody like, and people tell me this, a deep voice like myself, mm -hmm. it will pump it through, and I can sit there and I can yell, and you're, <laughs> it'll start vibrating your seat, and that's not the optimum way to do it. Um, there is a way um, that you can. I don't know if you should do. Search for that, but yeah, <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was having my fingers crossed there. I was having my there, that's crossed. yeah, exactly. That's what I use. So that is the module, and then you have to get a special, um, you have to get two things you have to get Sim Shaker, Sim mm -hmm. Shaker software, and then a Sim Shaker for aviators. I think the software costs like 30 or 40 dollars to pair with that hardware right there, but it runs on a discrete channel that actually has profiles for each aircraft. So for instance, um, the P-51, a prop aircraft, mm -hmm. has a different uh, force feedback profile than say a, a Tomcat or a um, mm -hmm. F-18. And the guy who creates the software um, as a plane is re released creates these uh, custom modules for the software and you'll get a patch after every release. So I imagine you know, as we get, you know, some of these new aircraft, like aircraft, like the Mosquito or whatever, yeah. you know, is coming out next from a retail DCS. I'm going to reach out to him and see if we can get a custom T-45, but I'm not going to do that until the plane's mm -hmm. released. I, I don't, you know, obviously mm -hmm. I'm not asking for somebody to do free work. Mm -hmm. And even mm -hmm. if we have to pay him $100 or something to do it, I'll do it so that people have it. But uh, it does work. It's more a matter of getting that... Um, uh, specific profile for the T45, but like I said, I can't fly without it now. Um, uh, it's really it's just that good. I mean, I, I, again, I don't want to hijack the interview because this isn't really relevant. No, but um, it's just really, I, I, I people have told me about it, and I thought, oh, it's you know, it's a funny, just a little arcade add-on thing. I didn't realize it was actually realistic like this, and and could be dynamically set up and linked. It's really interesting because, like I yep. always say to my guys, the pilots have you know eyes, ears, and butt. Well, this adds the butt into the game, which is really yep. important. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, well, maybe that's something we'll, t we'll talk about another time. But that's very interesting. Absolutely. So, yeah, hit me up. Yeah, hit me up. We can we can t walk through it. Roger. Okay. Last question on the aircraft itself. We've kind of covered this one already, but I thought I'd just double check. Are they coding their own flight model or just filling in data table? It's kind of uh, you. You've already explained it. And is there anything else you want to add? Again, I can't ask an intelligent question here because I don't really understand them well enough. Uh, the the only thing I'll add to that is that we have 
been given beyond the natops and the the publicly pro published and and mm -hmm. let me be very clear here is we're not asking um we're not using data that is you know confidential or not publicly available we're asking the people and the people are are giving us data uh who are familiar with the aircraft and how the aircraft should perform at different speeds uh, configurations, whatnot. So we are customizing the flight model based on the real numbers from the real aircraft in the real world, um, just like any other um, aircraft that is done by a third party to the best of our ability. Um, and so, you know, we, we are trying to pump that data in as much as we can. Um, and some places it's going to be lacking and some places, um, you know, we just don't have, you know, full you know, NASA, you know, uh, flight model data for some aspects of the flight, you know, dynamics of the airfoil. Anyway, that's that's kind of it in layman's terms, if you will. And, and again, um, you know, we're, we're doing the best we can with the data available, but we have pretty good data. Roger, excellent. Okay, guys, that's it for the C45, and it's been a great learning experience. Now, if we're going to quickly jump onto the Ready Room mod, because we thought we'd better cover that as well. Uh, now, unfortunately, I've almost run out of time. I apologize for that, guys. I've got about 10 oh, minutes. No worries. If we okay. can, if you guys can do your most concise, just try and hit the major points, just, you know, your best kind of sales job for it. What is it? I mean, bearing up, I just don't know. What is it? What can you do with it? Uh, kind of amalgamate these questions into one. Um, and I'll show anything I can show in the background for it. Uh, you did send me a link. I sent you a few. Uh, yeah, I sent you a yeah, few things yeah and you, if you click on those screenshots max you you mind if i jump in here and run through it sure, real quick yeah, absolutely good. okay so real quick uh max and i were um either drinking and had mm -hmm. this dumb idea uh many many years ago and he's like hey wouldn't it be cool if we could um be in a briefing room before we actually went up to a mission and i was like i think we could do that and he's like no you can't we can't do that and i was like well give me some time let me experiment with it and uh yeah that image right there is kind of the culmination of a lot of experimenting mm -hmm. and a lot of um you know huh so uh we made it work you know it started out as a pipe dream and a uh a vr only kind of menu loading there was a previous version of this where you could download it and when you start up and i actually this is uh, i'm going to interrupt myself here because I want to get back to this, you know, because when I start up DCS in VR mode, it it really rubs me wrong that I'm sitting right next to a Russian jet in a very low poly um, mm. hangar, a concrete bunker, mm -hmm. and um, you know, I, I, the art is what it is. But um, we had originally coded this so that you actually would be sitting in one of these uh, briefing chairs, looking at the uh, looking at the ready room when you loaded into dcs which was a much more enjoyable experience um we pulled that version of it or that functionality of it when um when uh we realized that we could make this a placeable module in a mission that 25 pilots can sit in so right now we've converted it um from just a vr menu to an actual uh, module that can be placed in any mission, either on a carrier or on a on a land base or anywhere in the world, because this is based on the the hack that we figured out. And actually, again, this comes back to Nibby Lot, um, who's just a, a a an amazing you know code guy. He's like, I think we could make this a helicopter 
a multi-crew helicopter and get all the things you want um, to to work in this. So we have things like that front projection screen that has the VNAO logo on it. That actually is a broadcastable in multiplayer on a multiplayer server slide briefing mm -hmm. deck that the person who's in command slot one who's the instructor the the, the, mm -hmm. the 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 slot one pilot who's the pilot of the aircraft and everyone else is a crew on the aircraft mm -hmm. can step through in real time and brief uh everyone in that room and they can see the slides change if they've downloaded that slide pack locally mm -hmm. so that's the key is we've hard-coded it so you can have 20 different slides and what we do, we use this every week on every one of our missions in VNAO, is you download the slide pack, the briefing pack, you know, just like you would in the real world, if you will. You know, you put it in your slide deck, and then when you get in here, you can go through and you can see all of the synchronized slides that the briefer is doing. So we have, you know, tack views of, you know, what to expect in the mission. Um, and, you know, any other, you know, uh, things that we need to know for the mission, you know, frequency, operation frequency, squad frequencies, you know, um, uh, things like that uh, can all be put on there. We also have um, created it in a way that you can see all those posters and all the, you know, the flavor mm -hmm. stuff like the, 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 what is it? What is that band called, Max? The, the stripe? I'm missing the sash no, or whatever. The sash. Yeah, the sash can be replaced. Mm -hmm. The flag can be replaced. Every poster in there can be replaced. We have two uh, uh, greenie boards. That one right there is for the 84th, which was uh, what I was part of. Uh, on the opposite wall, we have the 18s, um, you know, greenie board. for So you can have two squadrons in here with two greenie boards. Um, you know, we've got some pictures. Everything in the module, if you um, go to another, there you go. Mm -hmm. So you can see from the briefing podium, this is the view you'll actually see in VR. And it actually works with track IR as well. For We haven't forgotten about mm -hmm. the track IR people. Um, but you can actually brief. You won't see pilots in the seats, mm -hmm. unfortunately. We are working on that. Um, I don't know if it's going to be possible. But... Um, every graphic in this room can be replaced to make it look like whatever you'd like. Mm -hmm. um, uh, they're all, you know, segmented out. Um, each poster is its own um, asset. Um, and yeah, it, it, it supports 25 people. You can sit, you can move around with the number keys um, and you can jump around each different seat in the room, even those green chairs. You can sit at the boss's desk, which you're looking at right now from that view. And the lights are dimmable. Uh, they're controlled by the uh, the briefer. He can dim the lights when the when the show's about to start, if you will. Um, we've got a working clock up in the front. You know, it's it's the fans move. It's 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 another level of of immersion and fun that we were like, this would be awesome to have. You know, and ED has said that you know the supercarrier is supposed to have this feature. Again, this is not affiliated with ED in any way. This is another completely standalone module. This is just like the T-45 in that you don't have to have any other aircraft to make this work. You download the mod. It's available. You had the link up there. It's available on the, um, uh, on the ED user files uh, directory to download. Mm -hmm. um, there's a how to install it. There's a readme in it. Um, there's been a lot of um, back and forth of... Uh, in the comments down there as to how uh, how to fix potential problems, but um, but uh, yeah, it's been downloaded. Um, I think here it's been downloaded almost a thousand times, and I think overall lifetime, I think 
2,000 people have downloaded, if not many more than that, that I'm not aware of. Um, and squadrons are using this from what I've been told. I've been sent pictures from multiple squadrons who've already done their own livery packs. So when they go in there, it's not just the Jolly Rogers, it's whoever you want it to be. Roger, that's really interesting, actually. I mean, the first time I, I, I'm really, really busy all the time, so I just kind of scan over things. I scanned over this and I thought, oh, cool, it must be a separate executable, nothing to do with DCS. I didn't realize it was actually a plugin or a mod to DCS. I think that's wonderful. Yeah, um, you just drop it in there. Yeah, I mean, we do, uh, we do, we all do briefings. I do terrible little Excel briefings and they're not very attractive at all. Uh, I'll have to look at the possibility of using this. And presumably you can just put your slide, slides up then, like you said, put a slide pack with yep. a bunch of JPEGs in and go through yep. it like that and yeah and we've actually we've actually just real quick we've actually extended the functionality a little bit more in vnao where we use ovgme if uh, people are familiar with that mm. and we have a repository set up so that uh most of the time if the person who is doing the briefing and creating the mission um wants to they'll send the slide deck uh to that uh the ovgme repository mm. and then we say okay sync to slide deck one sync to slide mm. we have three different slide decks uh, this week it's going to be slide deck so we can stage different missions in there and then you basically can just hit one bu button it syncs all the slide deck and then when you start up dcs the next time the slides will already be mm -hmm. synchronized with the briefing for the mission so that's something you can also set up with this um and um so it, it, yeah it, it, we've been using a what max for almost six months if not more now i think it's been more more than that i think it's been almost you know in in the early stages of it we've been using it for about a year yeah much much longer but we've used it from the day from the day this was released if not longer roger guys well really interesting okay let's summarize then because again, again i apologize but run out of time so no we've had a good look at the t45c we've talked about the background we've talked about the history why they're doing it how they're doing it what their expectations are when they expect it to come out and what you know what the future holds for them um and we've also talked about a bit about the ready room as well which is uh, enlightened me shall we say um it's it's so we've we've done that it's really good i look forward to it. i hope to see you know a flyable version for the public on christmas but we shall see guys because you never really know um yep. it's also uh, for me it's a lot about the people as well and it's nice to speak to you guys and see that you are really nice genuine guys because you, you can always tell and for Excellent. me it's, it's like when i met the the um you know the 339 guys just genuine nice guys and it makes me want to help you and you know just yeah it's just how it works it's just the community thing so that's great to see um so with that guys i'm pretty much going to leave you and ask you to get to work and get it finished uh, or <laughs> get on with it uh, anything from you uh, before we sign off uh, uh two things i saw i just wanted to address one person in mm -hmm. the chat it does have a rat the rat does work you can air start the aircraft mm -hmm. um and it will do the proper uh purging of the hydraulic system when you shut the aircraft down the rat will pop out so whoever asked that um Roger. i saw that awesome. and i just uh I don't know, and you can cut this or edit this mm -hmm. out later, but, um, you know, we are a free development company at this point. Um, you know, we do have uh, a Patreon um, that we've set up for this because there have been people that have that will pop in and say, hey, what can we give you? What can mm -hmm. we do to make this come out faster? Um, and I can send you that info later, Cap, send all the, uh, if send you're all the okay links, with that. Send all the links okay. that you want in the video, and I'll put them in because I'll forget otherwise. So, yeah. 
Fantastic. I just wanted to run that by you. Uh, but yeah, um, you know, we, like I said, we are doing this for the love of it, but you know, any, any little bit helps if, if, if people are, you know, able and, you know, like I said, it's, it's basically to buy us coffee and buy us snacks so that we don't pass out while we're doing this. <laughs> Excellent. Well done, guys. Late at night. Okay, guys, really appreciate thanks. you guys doing all the work. I just want to say thanks to, to you for, for, yeah, thank on. you. I mean, it's, it, we really appreciate it. My pleasure. And, uh, and it's been a, been a great experience. No, let's get as many. So, people let's get as many people flying it as we can that's what we want to do isn't it yeah absolutely well done guys okay thanks for coming and giving up your time and maybe we'll speak again in the future but for now thank you very much and i'll see you guys later all right